Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. to Dear Hank and John. Or as I like to call it, Dear Sam and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers, and sometimes a brother and a friend, give you dubious advice, bring you all the week's news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon, and also something else that I've forgotten. Sam, uh, what does Batman call his grandmother when he needs something? Oh, I couldn't possibly tell you, Hank, but something tells me this isn't a rhetorical question, that you no. have the answer. Yeah, he said he he says nana 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 nana. Like that. <laughs> that's that's funnier than I thought it was gonna be. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. I thought I thought it was not good. Um <laughs> so if you liked that one, tune into other episodes of Dear Hank and John, where they're even worse. <sighs> and that's our show. Yeah. <laughs> So if if anybody knows who this man is, this is Sam Rice. She is the host of Game Changer and also uh, a creator executive like me over at College Humor and Dropout TV, uh, where they do really so many wonderful, amazing things that I love to consume and enjoy. Oh, thank you so much, Hank. Your your fandom is truly humbling um, and intimidating. Every <laughs> time you put something out into the world that says we're great, I'm like, well... There raiseth the bar. <laughs> well, you keep raising your own bar, which which seems like a lot. Uh, do you worry about raising your own bar so high that the bar that you cannot get over it? I do. I've, I've, uh, yes, we are pole vaulters here. Yeah, and uh, fun. I, what I, <laughs> what I like to say is, with every season of Game Changer. I, I ask myself, how are we going to top this next season? And then every season I tell myself, that's next season's problem. Yeah, that's right. And then you yeah. do it, uh, at least so far. So far, so far. You just wait. Yeah, when I first started watching Game Changer, you said to me, don't watch the beginning. And that was totally wrong. Those episodes <laughs> are so good, too. So what you need to know. Well, one of the great things about being a Vlogbrother is that you make a video every single week. And so you know that you're not going to get better every time. Like there's sure. going to be some weeks where it's just like, all right, I'm going to do a, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally committed to this idea. I don't, yeah. but we're going to, part of it. we're going to do what we it. can with this one. Yes. This yes. Week. Yeah. I think that's, I, I think that's a part of it. I mean, for me, that's a part of it. 
And then what you have to decide is the goal isn't necessarily to strike gold every time. The goal is to create a good album. You have to yeah. look at it like the musicians do and say, well, over the course right. of, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, 10, I'm going to yeah. keep the bar right. bar high. Very high. You got to have a hit in there. Yeah, you you want a hit, but you also, you can't like strive for a hit that's like, you know, uh, looking directly at a star. You right. need to look somewhere adjacent to the star. Ah, you're striving for hits. Star. You don't think Taylor Swift sits down and, be, and is like, well, I know it starts to like feel one and be like, I think this is it. I think this is the one. I think this I is the- I don't know. If, if you'd managed to get her on the podcast, the we could have asked her. It's true. I did actually say that, didn't I? That that I, I had offered Taylor Swift your time slot, but she hadn't taken it up. <laughs> yeah. You said, I, I'm going to, if Taylor Swift opts in, I'm going to bump you. And I went, honestly, if Taylor Swift shows up, bump me forever. Like, just like, you know, there's, you, you can, you can do anything- you can't do anything else if Taylor Swift is going to show up. That's the <laughs> Truly. rules. That's the Truly. rules of 2023. Or else you'll lose your whole audience. Like, they will yeah. also won't forgive you. Oh, for so. sure. For sure. Taylor Swift could successfully sub in for me in, in any moment of oh, my wow. life and yeah. do better than for I sure. would. That she would could amazing. stand in for me at the DMV and just knock it out of the park. I bet she. I bet she's a delight at the DMV. I Yeah, I'm sure she is. I'm sure or she was gets back when she did that. <laughs> Do you, does California have a you know, special thing for for celebrities to go to the DMV? This is a fantastic question. Yeah. Do celebrities have to go to the DMV? So is there like a special swim? DMV? You're right. I feel yeah. like there's a way. I feel like somebody does it for her. It's got to be. Yeah. Like there's a VIP section somewhere in the back. Yeah. yeah DMV Fast Pass. Yeah. Yeah. I want that. Now, that's like a hot <laughs> We ticket. have that in Missoula. You can schedule ahead of time so you don't have to wait once you're there. Really? It's just like a fast pass. Yeah. Huh. Look at that. Sometimes it doesn't work, but sometimes it does. What's good to some questions from our listeners? Do you want to do hmm. some of those? Sure. Okay, this first one comes from Michael, who asks, Dear Hank and Sam, I recently moved to a busier road and discovered that people honk their car horns in my neighborhood a lot more than I previously realized. That made me think, should we have a secondary, quieter horn installed on all cars for non-emergencies? Like, just get off your phone at this green light, please. You can uh, take out any of the targets except for that one. That's Michael. What? What you can take out any of the targets except for that one. That's Michael. I don't get it. Um, My goal. uh, You you can take out any of the targets. Now I feel like I'm I'm unraveling like poetry that I read in Uh middle school. Yeah. Um, I think I think maybe it's my goal. That's my goal. Oh, that's my goal. Oh, that's very astute, We're, Hank. The, anyway, the, Michael's definitely created some work for us. This is not the first <laughs> time that the uh, the secondary car horn has been proposed on a podcast. Is that is that a fact on that's this my podcast? Guess. That's my, in fact, I'm pretty podcast. sure I've listened to some McElroy content about the secondary car horn. Well, I, the answer to the question is, is clearly yes. I yeah. I happen to know. Mm-hmm. Um, anecdotally that in japan they turn off and on their hazard lights as a way of saying thank you oh uh, which i always thought was like a tremendous a of, it's a big reach to do that i gotta i don't know exactly yeah. what, like i'm always looking when i need to turn the hazards on i'm like where the heck is this thing 
Yeah, for sure. Anywhere. For sure. Well, because we're we're not in the habit of using yeah. them. Uh, but I, I always thought that was like a, a clever use of existing infrastructure. Yeah. You know, because it doesn't require that we modify anything except our behavior. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's a it's a it's a thank you. And that's not gonna get somebody's attention at the stoplight, but like it is gonna achieve a goal. Yeah, and, and I don't know goal. about you, but like positive car etiquette. Yeah means the world. Like if I uh, I live on a very narrow street and I have to mm-hmm. dodge cars coming my direction all the time. Yeah. And and if I get a little a little hand, a little thank you hand, yeah, yeah. it just makes my day. Yeah. But if I don't uh I <laughs> my blood boils. <laughs> That's the end. I'm telling Taylor Swift about you. <laughs> She'll, she'll revoke my driver's license. She's <laughs> the, the um, uh, I, I was in an Uber recently, um, mm. and he had one of these. This is why I wanted no. to ask this question. It's because he had a little device that had six buttons on it. And when we were stopped at a stoplight and nobody was going, he pushed a button and it made a noise that was not a car horn. And no. It was just a loud fart sound. It wasn't. It was like it was like <laughs> it was like a like a little a little honk. Whoa! And yeah. and but so you only know what one of those six buttons? Yeah, did. there's five other buttons at least. Big mystery. Yeah, uh, I should have said, "Hey, buddy, I want you to push that other. I want you to push all those buttons. <laughs> Show me what your buttons oh. do." <laughs> uh, I mean. I do I do really like the idea of 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 a programmable car horn because I think uh, I'd love the opportunity to make it say human words. Mm-hmm. You know? Like how many times have you been driving it would just be convenient to be able to say, "Hey, I guess that's a that's a beep." Yeah. That's what that is. Or or yeah, I guess thanks. Thanks is well, thanks with the lights is very good. I used to drive a Honda Civic, which occurs to me mm-hmm. as a Japanese car, and the the hazard lights was a very big button. Over yes. the, like over the, um, like over the the radio display, sure. over the stereo sure. display. So ma- like maybe that's why. Maybe, maybe that's, that's why it's why, so yeah. easy to get to. On a, do you know, I I Pacific. I do do it. Like if I if yeah. someone allows me to merge, uh-huh. I do because I was so enchanted by this idea. Yeah. Uh, turn off and on my You're trying to make it happen. But I have no idea if this is registering with anybody. We have a thing like this in Montana. I don't know if people have this other places, but um, it's something that I can tell a number of people are trying to make happen, but it doesn't quite, it hasn't quite happened yet, mm-hmm. which is that there's a Brit, there's a tunnel in town that goes underneath the railroad tracks. Yeah. And when you go in that tunnel, people honk sometimes, rarely. Huh. And I honk every time because I'm like, I'm any time that we're going to do something together as a town, I'm like, Yes. <laughs> Or as a species, whatever. As Americans, I, I don't know I'm if in. this is like a like more people do this, but I get in that tunnel. I'm like honk honk, and if anybody yeah. else honks, it just makes my day. Or yes. if I hear somebody honk first, then I'm like, ah, this is us. This is us being humans. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah, feels good. Oh yeah, I mean that's just that's just tribal mentality yeah. right there. That's that's, that's dancing around the hearth. You know what I mean? Yeah, I want to do something with a stranger. Something oh, very simple yeah. and easy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Something nice. That's not the DMV. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. To to rewind for a moment, the question yeah. would be, Hank, if you had five car horns, uh, or six, as the case oh. may be, mm-hmm. 
what would you do with five car horns? What would uh, you so like uh, one of them's got to be sort of like a like like low key. Can I pet your dog? <laughs> that's got to be on there. I like that. That's uh, number one. Yeah, that's number two. After like beep, just like the little honk. Sure. Because so sometimes one you is... want to go, for, you go for a little honk, and you get a bigger one than you intended. Oh, all the time. Yeah. So I want a yeah. little, like a definite little honk. Um, and then number three um, would would oh it would be apology, and it would be Taylor Swift saying it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> um, that's the third one. That's four, fantastic. Yeah, fourth one is is just a is is uh, a dog barking, um, and that's yes. for when somebody's coming up to your car and you know, would rather them not be there. Um, for sure, it's it's a way them, to say there's uh-huh. a big dog in here. There's a big dog in here. Um, the fifth is a narwhal barking, which you don't know what that sounds like, but it's very cool. Um, oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah narwhal. Bark. And that one's there just for the novelty of it. Yeah, you want you want to have that sometimes. Yeah, you just want to be able to show off to friends some strange sounds. Yeah. And then, uh, and then that last one's just going to be the sound of uh, falling rain on a summer day. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's for the rare moments where you want to sleep in your car and you need some good. <laughs> I just want noise. everybody around me to fall asleep because <laughs> that's what you want when you're driving. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Great answer to my question. Thanks. Thanks. Um, um, what does your seventh do? Uh, my seventh goes. Hey. I think. (laughs) Hey, I think think the the one that you very uh, in character left out is the angry car horn. Um, And the question is, what would that sound like in a world in which it were evolved? What do you Um, mean? I I think the horn is doing its job. Well, you, you gave us six horns and the first one was a polite meep. And yeah, the but I still got the main horn. Uh, oh, I I don't know if you did. What I'm saying is I think there's an evolution of the angry right. car horn. We need better. It just better. goes, you hurt my feelings. Yeah, that's good. You know? I think everybody needs to know that we're all fragile. We're all human. All just trying to make it through the world. Yeah. And uh, this, it might look like just like a big ball of steel, but there's yeah. a little soft man in here and he's got, he's got, he gets hurt feelings too. That's right. That's right. By taking ownership over your feelings, you're immediately uh, diffusing the situation. Do you want to ask another question for us? Oh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done with this. This question comes from Anonymous, Dear Hank and Sam. Why is it that humans are the only animal that need to use toilet paper? Hmm. My dog doesn't. The cat doesn't. I don't see any other animals needing to wipe their butts. It's the food we eat, right? Um, well, certainly not. Um, it it could be in part the food we eat, but sometimes a dog needs to wipe their butt. Like sometimes a dog gets into something and then there's a whole situation back there. If, if you've owned a dog and particularly like me, if you've owned a long haired dog, you know, just how, uh, not to say that there are any wrong questions, but this is, (laughs) this is an uninformed question. Yeah, um, I mean, out in the woods, you know, like you 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 aren't going to have that service. Yes. But I will say cats and dogs and many other mammals clean their butts. They just do it in a way that you cannot physically do would or wouldn't want to. Yeah. 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 For sure. So that's I yeah. 
I do also, and correct me if I'm wrong, Hank, I mean, we as humans, we we walk upright. Yeah, and this is totally walk, a thing. Because yeah. we walk upright, uh, well, I don't know, you know, which is the chicken and the egg here, uh-huh. but we have big butts. We do. That no, allow of, us. That's because we walk upright, yeah. To ascend into the sky, these these large uh, 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 butt muscles. Uh-huh. And I think what that means is that we, uh, unlike a dog or a cat, are going to chafe more. Oh, that's true. Because yeah. of our because you want you want it to be clean position. in there because otherwise there's stuff in there and it's getting rubbed around. Yeah, and that's no good. Yeah. That is that is a good point. But also, in, uh, there's an additional detail here, which is simply that according to a quote from from a scientist that I'm going to read to you right now. Because of our vertical posture, the area used for releasing urine and feces is compressed between the thighs and buttocks. So we are more likely than other animals to foul ourselves. Wow. It's just a miracle of evolution that we're the dominant species, isn't it? Yeah. Well, could, is this is this one of the sort of uh, filter points where you can't like evolve upright posture and free up your hands unless and until you're smart enough to use... Wiping instruments. <laughs> that sounds. That sounds right. God forbid that animals learn to wipe, or it's all uphill for them from there and downhill yeah, for yeah, us. Yeah. yeah, downhill for us, uphill for them, but also downhill for them because this is hard. For sure, for sure. Yeah, it's just a it's a lot of pressure to be a wildly human. inconvenient. It seems it seems like my cat just licking it is doing fine. Yes, for yeah. sure. It is, it's sad and silly that being a human being involves so many use of different products. Yeah. Like we, we have, need we these so products, products to yeah. support us. It's true. Well, and also we, we want them. So some of them we need and That's some true. of them we want. Uh, there was true. also an additional thought in this article that was simply, we are just a little less uh, happy being disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. And like I a dog wonder, with a bunch of dingleberries sticking off its butt is not concerned about that. And I can attest to that. <laughs> uh, both as far as my dog and my cat is concerned. In fact, to try to get dingleberries off my cat, yeah. you would think my cat wants them there. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually had my cat come up to me and like complain. Uh, oh, really? And I'm like, That's what's sweet. wrong with you? You never do this. And I'm like, oh, you got a, you got a whole piece of sh- poop <laughs> yanking on I'm your spooked. butt hairs. That that he doesn't like it. Mm. I don't like that. Yeah. I feel like we learned a lot just now about each yeah. other, about our world. Yes. I'm gonna ask you another question. This one is from Leah, Please who do. asks, "Dear Hank and Sam, if cowboys say howdy to say hello, how do they say goodbye?" <laughs> Insert your chosen cowboy farewell here, Leah. This is a fantastic question. Um, I promise I didn't intend for this to be self-promotional. There is a season of our D&D actual play show in which I play a a cowboy, or to be more specific, a pig or javelina Uh cowboy. Uh And in research for that character, I did do a lot of uh, sort of studying cowboy-isms. I think there's a few different answers to this question. Yeah. Well, I live in a place where people say howdy, which people don't realize is a thing sometimes. Like, I, so I say howdy because I've lived here for so long. And do you really? I do. And it's do not people that, say 
y'all? Uh, people say y'all some. Okay. But people, but like Montanans say howdy. And it's like huh. totally normal and you don't notice it anymore. Wow. And I went to Australia and I said howdy to somebody and they looked at me. And I was like, and they were like, you actually do that in America? <laughs> they looked at you like you were wearing a 10 gallon hat. Yeah. Stirrups yeah. and they carrying like, a whip. That was so charming. And oh, that's And I was sweet. like, and at the same time, you say good day. Like it happens all the yeah. time when you're over there. People say good day. Yeah. And you're like, all right, good day, mate. Yes, you're like, we're, we're doing, doing it. We're, we're yeah. being our stereotypical selves. Howdy. Yeah. Good day. There's something about good day, mate, in an American accent, which just falls flat. It does. Yeah. But howdy sounds awful Um, nice. Um, But do you have any cowboy goodbyes? Because I don't know what we say here. Same thing as everybody else, mostly. I think, uh, and I I will do this in dialect. Okay. I think that the realistic answers to this question are are probably adios, amigo, or- uh, yeah. so long, but Art there's time. also some fun cowboyisms. It's a, a, so long. So long is good. I wouldn't normally say so long, uh-huh. but it's better if you uh-huh. say so long partner, right? So long for partner. sure. For sure. Yeah. So long partner. There's also some fun isms such as, um, uh, time to hit the dusty trail. Great. Um, mm-hmm. Sam Elliott. And- good, good. Good to have you on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift was a no, but Sam Elliott was a yes. <laughs> um, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Oh, wow. Speaking so that's more that's of, more like you leave, not I'm leaving. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe there's also one about uh let's uh let's put the chairs in the wagon. And so putting the yeah. This is ca- this is causing me that's great. Let's yeah. put the chairs in the this is causing me um a thought, which is I've watched Dimension 20 a fair amount. How much mm. prep do people like? Do you just got like a like a like a list of things you're gonna say? Or is it also are you scripting it out? <laughs> you know, there was the, this really funny momentary TikTok controversy where people were talking about both Dimension 20 and Critical Role as being scripted. Oh which wow. I thought was really funny. Uh, because in the words of Zach Oyama, one of our, our cast members. Um, that's right. We script 20 hours of content and then we just <laughs> nail it. Um, yeah. Uh, outlines. Are you like, maybe you, you got an idea. I mean, I think that, it, that anybody who, who plays Dungeons and Dragons maybe sits around yeah. at night looking at the ceiling, thinking of a monologue they might, they might go I, on as their character. I'll be honest and say that for, for Buckster dollar sign Boyd in, in Mice and Murder, I had a, a list of ideas of cowboyisms pulled up in case I needed to use them. Yeah. Like I had a, there's this wonderful quote, never grapple with a pig. You'll both get dirty, but the pig likes it. Yeah. And I, I wrote that yeah. down in advance of the season. I was like, I would love to use that somewhere. And it wasn't until like the final scene. Nice. That I found the opportunity. Wow. 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 That's the great. Opportunity for it. That's great. I have a version of that saying that I, that I came up with because of my job, which is that, uh, it's not, it's not, it's not fun at all. It's just, I yeah. think, true. Yeah. You can't uh, argue with a professional arguer without becoming a professional arguer. Ooh. And being a professional arguer is like the worst job. Ooh. Yeah. Cold. Yeah. You've, you've got some great, you've got some great quotes hey, coming out of that. 
yeah, mouth I, hole of yours. Yeah, I think that one was in the first book, and uh, and, and but uh, but I realized it why after I got into an argument with a professional arguer whose job was to get into arguments so that he could make content around the arguments, and and yeah. getting sucked into that was so yes. easy because like he knows sure. exactly what he was doing for sure. Like, yeah, I think I see that on social media sometimes. I see people who sort of. In an effort to create content, they are deliberately fanning the flames of heated discourse. And what I realize is that by engaging with them, I'm just creating content for them. Yes. Yeah. And it's very hard to to realize that before it happens. But once it happens. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Sometimes people are like, yes, I will also be a professional arguer. And I don't think that's the right decision to make. Yeah. Do you see an alternate universe for yourself in which you became more of a of an arguer? Do you think there's a world could, in which uh, Yeah, there's you, a piece of me that likes it. Um yeah. but it's not, I don't know. Because I critical think that I might thinking not be temperamentally arguing, set up for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's yeah. stressful. For sure. For sure. And I see I see a lot of people who have my job sort of like do who do science communication. They like sign up to debate things in halls and i'm like yes <laughs> no I, never you, you already do something that on the internet can be considered a high wire act which is you make points like yeah making points there. is tricky yeah I, and sometimes i that that's the that's the space i occupy that i could see myself getting more into that business yeah but i have realized and and i don't know if it's like age or yeah my my uh family i yeah. realized that i do not want to be um going deep on that and usually i will make a point and one or two things will happen i will either never touch it again or i will realize that there was something bad about the point and i will delete it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i i have a friend who who deletes tweets liberally like yeah often I'll see a tweet and then it will be gone within two yeah. minutes and mm-hmm. to look at his Twitter timeline. I have a brother like, like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and I, I honestly, I think that's correct. Yeah. I think that is a correct. These things don't need to be forever. Thing. We're yeah. not Benjamin Franklin. No, these aren't going to be aphorisms. These are tweets. Yeah. If Benjamin Franklin had an edit button, he would have used it all the time. <laughs> so long. Partner, uh, in Montana, we just say see you later mostly. See you later, yeah, later, yeah, yep. I think that's pretty much it, yeah. In a wild crocodile, thanks. Ta ta for now, we say. Ta ta oh. for now, no, <laughs> ta ta <laughs> is fantastic, and and um, I believe, um, the Brits also say ta, ta. singular, yeah, they do say ta. I've, mm. I've experienced, I've been Todd. Love the Todd. Yeah. It's so efficient. Which reminds me, actually, that this podcast is brought to you by Being Todd. Being Todd. That's how you know that you're in the great country of the United Kingdom or whatever it is. And this episode is also brought to you by Gentle Rain Sounds. Gentle Rain Sounds that will lure the entire lane you're in to sleep. This podcast is also brought to you by the Taylor Swift DMV. It's a special DMV just for Taylor Swift. Very little, very little's known about it. Uh, but but if you're friends, occasionally you can get an appointment. 
This episode is also brought to you by a cat stingleberry. A cat stingleberry. <laughs> Remove at your own risk. Indeed. We also have a Project for Awesome message. This is from Julie to Simon. Simon, happy 14th birthday. I love that you love Hank and John reading, rock climbing, adventuring, and traveling the world. You're pretty amazing. As you head into high school and into the person you were becoming, don't forget to be awesome. And if you ever do forget, I'll be here to remind you just how awesome you are. Now go Charizard this mofo. Love, Auntie Julie. That's cute. I love the Pokemon reference right at the end there. Yeah, that's an old <laughs> joke. Well, still, still got me. Still- <laughs> so we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but there are two things that you shouldn't compromise on. One is name brand Dr. Pepper. The off-brand stuff just doesn't hit the same. And another is, of course, your health. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines or their family group chat or the crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. And the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. So go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash Dear Hank. This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by Blue Land. Did you know that uh, about 5 billion, billion? That's a de- I checked that because that's a lot. Plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away every year. And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy. We're shipping around all this water using fuel when we don't have to. Every year, Americans throw away 25% more trash from Thanksgiving to New Year. This year, maybe turn the New Year's resolution into action that makes a difference by switching to Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's a simple idea. They have refillable cleaning products. They have a nice design. I have them in my home. It looks nice on your counter. You fill the reusable bottles with water, drop in the Blue Land tablets, wait for them to dissolve, and you never have to grab bulky, heavy cleaning supplies on your grocery run ever again. And refills, because they're small and you don't have to ship a bunch of water across the country, starts at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. From cleaning sprays to hand soap, toilet bowl cleaner, and laundry tablets... Laundry tablets, everybody, you know what I mean. All Blue Land products are made with clean ingredients that you can feel good about. Blue Land is trusted in over a million homes, including, yeah, mine. Blue Land has a special offer for listeners right now. You can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss it. Blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. Again, blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. This next question comes from Tyler, who asks, Dear Hank and Sam, 
In what year do you think the first murder in space will be done? <laughs> wow. Uh, that's great. All the best, Tyler. When's space murder going to start? This is the Black Mirror portion of the podcast. Yeah, I feel like there's not been space murder so far. Like, I think I think they couldn't have covered that up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Hank. Very convenient <laughs> spot to put the body. <laughs> Yeah, but people notice if it doesn't come back, right? I think what you're saying is people notice if people in space go missing. Yeah. You're probably you're probably correct. There's probably I, a low enough tally. Yeah. That we, like, has we anybody notice. seen Jeff today? <laughs> it's weird because it's not a big space station. Yeah. It's really just four rooms. And I feel like I would have seen him. And his role was pivotal on board the yeah, spaceship. Yeah, necessary. As it's, everyone's is. He's, his day is tightly scheduled by yeah. a, a large team of professionals. It's not as if we've got a lot of understudies up here. Do you think he slept in? I'm going to say that if a murder is going to happen in space, uh-huh. it's going to be on board a generation ship. Ooh, yeah. I mean, if you have a generation ship, it will definitely be a murder. I mean, Can you think, explain th- what a generation ship is to people? Absolutely. So I believe a generation ship is a science fiction concept. Yeah. And the idea is that one day we will have to venture out from Earth to other planets. Mm-hmm. And when we do, it will take us so long to get there that an entire generation will be born and die on yeah, board a ship. One. Yeah. At least one, if not several. And that just feels like a recipe for resentment to me. Yeah, well, that's the that's see, you can make that decision for yourself, but you can't really make it for your grandkids. And they're like, I yeah. I would have rather lived on a planet, not yeah, in a for sure, not in this box for sure. Uh, I would rather that my entire existence wasn't merely about the uh, proliferation of my species, right? And you're not even going to necessarily like you can you could live your whole life on the ship, like you might not be the one to arrive or the one to leave. That's, right. That's a bummer. That's, that's a bummer. A, right that's there. a I big just, bummer. And, and you know, and I, yeah. I also think are, anytime you put a bunch of, like if you're putting even, I don't know, a hundred people on a ship for the rest of their lives, yeah, there's going to be some bad vibes between some of them. <laughs> yeah. What we're talking about here is bad vibes. I'm actually writing a book right now about the first space murder. Um, this, so this is weird <sighs> that you asked this question. No kidding. Are you really? Yeah, and there have been, um, it's not like it's not like uh, novel ground. There are there are novel uh, ground. Ah, it is novel ground. Uh, but there are there have been books about the first space murders before. Um, is this? Yeah. Are you actually writing this book, or is that yeah. a joke? No, I'm you're actually writing. Yeah, I'm like oh, wow. you know, fifteen thousand words in. The murder has occurred. The first murder mm, is it called a beautifully foolish space murder? No. I don't have a name. Well, I do have absolutely remarkable space murder. (laughs) (laughs) I I have a work in progress name that I'm not sharing. I like it though. I'm sure my editor will make me change it, but it's great. (laughs) Are are the words space or murder in the title? No, seems like a missed opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Maybe I should put space murder. It's just called space murder. Um, that might, it's, Sometimes people that, what, I feel like that would put is. an idea in your head that is not really what the book is about. For sure. Which is sure. mostly, it is about a bunch of people who are not from the space station being like, holy, <laughs> these people are weird. 
Yeah, that's, that's like the, the detective who gets hauled up from Earth to solve the space, space murder being like, you guys got to touch grass. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Solving a space murder also feels to me like a really convenient uh, ground for a detective. Yeah, a little like, Orient Express vibe. Oh, yeah. I mean, talk about like a, a bottle episode of something, you know, it's like, yeah, Um yeah, this is actually a terrific pitch for for a television show. They should do a sort of like a, a NCIS or a yeah. CI or SVU or one of those other acronyms. Yeah. The the S in NCIS actually stands for space, and so does the C S in, in CSI, and um, huh. and SVU also space space victims <laughs> unit. I mean, it could, <laughs> and 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 therein lies the pitch. I think mm-hmm. I've, I've talked myself into. Well, you know what? This is much. I'll write more the efficient. book, and then you can you can option it. Perfect. Because it is because I'm going to be done with it in like three or four years. Uh, Hank's space murder, H S M. Good thing that my initials aren't B D. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> then that would be fun, though. Uh huh. Yeah. I thought about having my an absolutely remarkable thing. Uh, the people who people who like that book a lot, they created a Discord called Fans of an Absolutely Remarkable Thing, and the it's called Fart. Oh, oh that's great! Yeah, that's really yeah, great. Really, it's it's almost really, worth doing just for the acronym. They know they know the path to my heart for sure. Yeah. When you sometimes when you have the opportunity at a good acronym, it just helps tie a bow on something that you otherwise wouldn't do. And then you're like, well, the acronym's too well, we good. Gotta now do we got it now. Or you could be like everyone in science and just make up a, an amazing acronym uh, through a just truly just will and nothing yes. else. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I, it's will. funny. I don't use um, ChatGBT for for that much. Uh, whenever I've given it a creative assignment, I've been terribly disappointed. But one thing it's very good at is is creating acronyms. Oh, um, you know, give it a give it the acronym you want and a topic. Yeah, and it'll it'll just go ham. Bam! Now it, we don't need Will anymore. That's right. Will is just Chat GPT's name. <laughs> His right. name is William. That's right. I have a question that I want to ask you specifically. I can't believe that Bex gets to ask you this question specifically as oh. as a game show master. Um. It says the show Taskmaster. It's a different different show, but you are also a game master. Has been uh, the most reliable source of joy in my life since I discovered it about a year ago. It is so good. I am a fan. It is the best. It's so good. Since you're a fan, Hank, I'm hoping that you can help me plan a Taskmaster themed party for my 30th birthday. I have so many questions. Should I be Greg? Should I be Alex? Would I have more fun if I get to compete? Oh man, this is there's fertile ground. This is fertile ground. Uh, you have ten minutes. Your time starts now. Simply the Bex. Oh Bex. Oh what Bex. A great question Bex. So there's that the way the place I'm starting is the games that happen at the end when they're mm-hmm. all in the same room together on stage because sure those are those are more things that you can do. Uh, yes. But before we start this, we should say should Bex. Alex or Greg? You know, that's a the really taskmaster interesting... The taskmaster's assistant. 
It's a really interesting question. I think that, like, obviously Greg has more of the master of ceremonies vibe. That looks yeah. like the more fun job. You know, yeah. Alex's job is almost like admin. I mean, that's how yeah. they cast It's him. all the work. Yeah. It's all the work. Um, it is, by the way, and I, I want to start by saying I'm the, the biggest Taskmaster fan. I absolutely love the show. Um, I, I started watching it when Game Changer fans were like, you should watch this other cousin show of yours. Mm-hmm. And started watching it out of a sense of, I want to make sure I'm not ripping anyone off accidentally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And have now, you know, avoided certain game changer ideas because I worry they're too similar to Taskmaster ideas. Um, I, uh, it, It's funny because the, the Taskmaster intro, uh, which is Greg Davis at a uh, typewriter typing mm-hmm. tasks, but he doesn't actually write the show. Do he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. Yeah, that's the best gig. That's the best gig. I mean, it sounds like, Bex, that you want to do some work here, though. But it could be that you could just pretend like Greg does the work. Because that's clearly what the show is doing. The show is pretending he does the work. And do the work. Yes. And then still be the taskmaster. I think you want to be the taskmaster of your own <laughs> birthday party. I think so, too. Yeah. I think, you know, you you probably want an, an amalgam role that sort of sure. equal parts. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, host, host and taskmaster or, 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 uh, Greg and Alex. Yeah. And if you can dress up a small dog like Alex, that would be great. It's perfect. Yes. I think I do. I I mean, this is speaking as someone who, who is a hosting great, gets great pleasure out of hosting and, uh, providing experiences for people, uh, that I think that is, is an even greater pleasure than yeah. playing the game because to play the game is to be a mortal, but to run it is to play God. <laughs> and that's what you want on your birthday. I, who doesn't want to be God on their birthday? <clears throat> now the taskmaster does have a little book that they publish. So you can just like get a book and look at a bunch of tasks that they yeah. have. They have there that I think are things that they haven't done on the show. There's, there's a book, there's a board game. There's a two? board game. Wow. Yeah. And I think that uh, also looking at those final tasks where the people are all on the same, same, because then you get like, you get to do like five people against, against themselves. And then like, you can rotate people in and out of games. And that way, not everybody's like doing it all at the same time. But it might be good to have like one thing where everybody has to like go do a task at the same time. But you have to figure out something that everybody can all do. It might be something as simple as like the first person to bring me a paperclip or. Sure, sure. You could also set up a task in the other room and then have everybody like take turns going and doing it. Oh, yeah. And then come back and share the results. That might be Uh fun. That's a good idea. I love it. That is such a good idea. And I wish that I had time ever to do fun things like that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, games are great. And Games uh, games are so good. I do think, you know, it's kind of sad in a way that we've lost uh, the parlor game as much in, in, uh, what's, what's you know, that? What do, you, what do you mean by that? So the, like we have, there's a lot of board games out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're a, a board game nerd, you play them and you, you love them. The parlor game was, uh, you know, originally, um, sort of before the board game era, I think it dates back. I mean, parlor games date back, you know, centuries. 
Um, but I believe the term parlor game was coined maybe even in the Victorian era. Okay. Uh, the one I'm I'm thinking of is scissors, which is a game scissors. where a pair of scissors is passed around a circle and the host uh, will tell you if you're right or wrong, depending on if your scissors are open or closed. And it's a puzzle that the group has to solve. Uh-huh. In other words, uh, what what is correct or incorrect about holding this pair of scissors a certain way. And spoiler alert, it's that if your legs are crossed and the scissors uh. are open, you are correct. If they are uncrossed, the scissors oh, are closed. Wow. wow. You are correct. Um, cool. And that's great. Uh, or Mafia, classic yeah. parlor game, which has now been, you know, spun out into Werewolf and all these other versions, some of which are mm-hmm. border card games. Um, now, a reality show, by the way, The Traders on Peacock is essentially Mafia blown up and done hmm. a big mansion. It's fantastic. Um, but what's so great about parlor games is is they don't require much of anything. Right. You know, a pair of scissors from a desk drawer or mm-hmm. nothing for that man. A game Mafia requires nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it um sometimes I feel like we turn those things into games you can buy because we feel like a game needs to be you need to be able to like get it out in order to yes. start playing. Yes, for sure. But like, yeah, I mean, my favorite of of these is Exquisite Corpse, where yes, uh, you just it's just paper and pen, and then you like write a sentence, and then you draw the sentence, and then you write what you you write a sentence about what was drawn, and it's telephone from text oh. to picture, and then at the, the end best. of it. You have no idea where you're going to end up, and it is fun, <laughs> and it costs nothing. Nothing. I think yeah. it's it's. You're right. Take it's capitalism run amok again. That's probably because yeah. I think big board game doesn't want you playing parlor games. I but, think, but big board the, game shouldn't have that control over me. I should just do what I want to do. I think it's it's big Parker Brothers yeah. and big Catan. And they're they're coming for your parlor games, and you can show it to them. You can stick it to them. Yeah, but playing something cheaper free. <sighs> all right, let's do one more question before we get to the all important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Ibrahim asks, "Dear Hank and Sam, I just saw a supernatural episode that was called Death Takes a Holiday, and it got me thinking: Was there ever a day when nobody died? <laughs> Upon further research, Google tells me that there wasn't." But that's with today's population. Yeah, yeah. What are the chances of there existing a day on which nobody died in all human history? Can't mm. stop thinking about death. Ever here. So, like, this is definitely the case for some animals, right? Like, there are some, like, there are days on which no, and it's 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 bad. It's a bad sign. But there's days on which, like, yes. no black rhinos die because there's you're saying because there's so them. few of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. There could be an answer to this question, which is, yes, there will come a day when nobody dies because we will all have died already. That will be, yeah, that will be a very bad sign. Yeah. Um, um, That's a very funny answer <laughs> to this question. You thought that was going to be good, but yeah. it's not. Turns and, out, no. So I looked this up just now, and so it's fairly, it's we have a fairly good idea that humans went through what's called a population bottleneck at one point where there was a fairly large self-sustaining population of humans, but then almost everybody died and we very nearly went extinct um, at some point in our history, like Hmm. 50,000 to a hundred thousand years ago, which is not that long. Like that's well into the existence of humans. Um, So that's a a big deal. And, uh, uh, and it, it, 
human population sharply decreased to between 3,000 and 10,000 surviving individuals. Now, that 3,000 is probably few enough that with average death rate, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have, there would be days with no one dying. Yes. Yes. Because that's like, you know, 3,000 people is less than, on, a, on one day is less than 3,000 days, which is like 10 years of For time. sure. Less For than sure. 10 years. Um, but we're also talking about a time that's a population bottleneck. And population bottlenecks right. happen because people are dying a lot. Right. Um, and so I feel like it, it's, it seems to me unlikely that there was ever a day in human history when no humans died. But if there was, it was right around that time. It seems like you got to look at like, you know, the very beginning or the very end yeah. of, of humanity. Like if, if we're going to flash forward to a future in which like it's really bad out here mm-hmm. and there's like a, you know. Yeah. When you're the last person left every day <laughs> of your life is a day that no people died. That's right. And if the Guinness book were around to acknowledge it, you know, it'd be worth celebrating. But unfortunately, it's just you. Um, (laughs) And maybe maybe if we look to the very beginning of humanity, you know, um, which is that's a little murkier because we're in the process of evolving into humans. And so what are we classifying a human death Mm -hmm. versus a proto-human death? Yeah. as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I, I'm not going to say correct me if I'm wrong and then share this statistic because I Googled this just now too. Uh, 332,648 people die a day approximately in 2023. But hmm. that as more people are born, as the population of the world grows, that number is just going to go up. It's not going to come down. Um, more people means more people dying. It might. So, so yes. Probably, but also right now, uh, it's not like just number of people dying per day. It's like if they die younger, then more people die per person per year. You know? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so back back in the day, um, you know, it was on average, uh, most people didn't see their like twenty fifth birthday, yeah. um, and and that average was dragged down mostly by people under the age of five. So that's like, by back in the day, I mean like all of human history until, you know, a thousand or 2000 years ago or agriculture. I I don't know, something like that. Um, And uh, and so that means more deaths per human because they aren't living as many years, which is a weird statistics thing that I hate it. I hate to throw at you because it's also I'm I'm compounding the bummers now. Yes, sure. Yes. No, as it makes sense as the. world becomes a more difficult place to to thrive one would imagine that the death rate would go up yeah yeah <laughs> i would guess so <laughs> no let's let's uh let's not let's hope that doesn't happen so far we've been pretty good at <clears throat> avoiding that so let's keep doing whatever that is uh but <laughs> this in episode a good way brought to you by whatever that is <laughs> But but better than what we've been that whatever that yes. is, but even better. That, okay, but more and better. <laughs> right. Well, this week in Mars news, this is cool. So Mars has two moons. Do you know what they are? Oh no, it's, I don't. It's <laughs> <laughs> Phobos and Deimos 
okay. uh, or or whatever, however people pronounce those. And um, Demos has a difficult to photo side. Um, so because huh. it's 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 tidally locked, so if one side of it always faces Mars, and the orbiters we have going around Mars are inside of that orbit, so it's easy to to photograph the the close side of the, huh. of that moon, but hard just like it's the same with us. It's hard, much harder to photograph the far side of the moon. And uh, recently, Demos is like, please get my good exactly, side. Exactly, exactly. So we had ha- until like this week did not have a anything like high resolution picture of the uh far side of demos but now we have it because uh the united arab emirates space probe hope on march 10th took this photo and you could see uh you could see it with also mars looming in the background so it was like it's got this big wide uh orbit that comes in really close it's like goes out wide and comes in really close this orbiter does and it happened to get it like one of its orbits was like as it was going by and it was far farther away it crossed over as Deimos was sitting there and Mars was right in the background. So love that. Love a new moon photo. Um, And did we, did we see anything unexpected? No, they can get like more data on what Deimos is made of, which seems to be Mars stuff, which that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of sort of debate over whether they're captured asteroids or, or something that got flung off of Mars in an event. Sure. Sure. So that's a that's an ongoing area of debate uh, there, for the there, for the Mars nerds Mars, out there. Um, Mar- Mars disject their their uh, Mars flotsam and jetsam. Yeah, there's what's been tossed overboard and is yeah. floating in that big, big space void. That big space void. Um, so it seems that that Deimos was formed with Mars, at least according to this data, which is you know, it's big news, huh? Sounds to me like it could be a good setting for a space, space murder. murder. And in this week in AFC Wimbledon news, AFC Wimbledon are staying up. Uh, and not because they did anything great or anything, just because the, the teams that are that are uh, worse than them are really bad. So that's all I... So if, if, if you follow the podcast, you know what that means. It's good news. But they did just lose over and over again in their last game. They went one nil up which they often do and then they gave away five straight goals to swindon town so they lost that one to five because you can't you can't score the fourth goal if you're afc wimbledon that's how you lose a game every single time apparently bummer i love these updates they they feel to me like what it would be if you hosted an npr show and were taking a break to do news in the <laughs> middle yeah yeah it's like instead of instead of the traffic report mm-hmm. we get just a Wimbledon strange soccer Mars. team that's just not good at <laughs> soccer. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do about this, Sam, but they got to do something. There's there's got to be there's got to be a way out of this. Or not, I guess. Yeah. They could just keep playing bad soccer. Yeah. It's hard to be a fourth-tier English football team. Well, this is kind of what it's like to be a Ted Lasso fan right now, too, is to wonder how they're going to turn this around. Oh, is that happening on the show? Yeah. Yeah, they're losing big time. Yeah, I but remember. it's it's narrative. It's a, yes. it's a fictional. So they could it just write fictional. it on the paper and then he scores a bunch of goals. It's easy to turn that around. It is hard to see from where they are today how they make that make sense in the story. Oh, interesting. They are so screwed. I, I should watch this show. I've heard good things. I look forward to it. Sam Reich, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of Dear Hang John. 
What an absolute treat. Uh, John, I hope I did what? you oh. justice. <laughs> John, I hope you feel well represented. <laughs> It was very good. I had a very good time. If you want to send us questions, you can do that at hankandjohn at gmail.com. Uh, we don't have a podcast without questions, so thanks for everybody who does that. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tunamedish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals-Rojas. Our communications coordinator is Brooke Shotwell. Our editorial assistant is Debuki Chakravarti. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't forget to be awesome. awesome.